spot, put it in park, here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, Bush, for episode 41 of the Free Parking Podcast. Episode 41, man. Holy crap. Right next to each other again. Yeah, back-to-back episodes in studio. So while I have my time up here in New Jersey, we kicked off what we like to call the Free Parking Cup. We've been talking about it for a very long time, and we really wanted to get into a four-day golf tournament, and we did it of sorts, right? We absolutely did. So it wasn't Thursday to Sunday by any means. It Correct. was over a span of a basically a full month. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So what we did was we had four majors, and all of them varied in name. We, we never really had set names for each major. The classic, but, yeah. the open, the invitational, right. Shit, right? Of course. So long story short, it was a battle every time we went out. Um, want to be, give a big shout out to Bryce. All right, FBP Bryce uh, put up a, an incredible fight, these. An incredible yeah. fight. However... I took it home. You took home the cup. It was pretty cool the entire, you know, throughout, you're saying, you know, hats off to Bryce for fighting you to the end. Mm -hmm. Folks don't know, a lot of people played in this. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just the core four kind of running through it. Right. Uh, You, Bryce, myself, Nader, Fundy, Chopping Block got involved. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the entire crew. A couple fans. A couple fans Mm -hmm. as well. Sugars, DeCroce. We had an entire crew out of Frog Rock. About, what, a dozen of us played at Frog Rock. Uh, If you don't know, fantastic track. Check out Golf Digest, top 100 courses. You'll see it there around like the 10s or 20s. (laughs) Oh, let's not forget about Dickie Duke either. And Dickie Duke. What did he shoot, 130? Yeah, it was something around there. So anyway, after the season-long free parking cup, we got to the final match, and we had a point system where we tracked each match. The last round, I even had a chance to win it in third place. Right. So basically how the point system worked, first place got four points, second place got three points, third place got two, and fourth got one. So whoever won the majors had a list of points, right? So wherever you placed in the majors got you in the mm-hmm. point ranking system. So Deaver was in third. He placed third in every single major. So he's right on the cusp of that second place option and, and that second placement there. So at the very end, the final round, we tripled the points. Yep. So the points were tripled. So first we get 12, et cetera. And nine. Nine, six, uh, nine, four, yeah, two. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, okay. It was close. No, we already know we're not math stars here. But anyway, I, you know, I was I was a little anxious. Triple points would mean if Bryce won the final cup match, he would win the entire thing, even though he placed second in all three prior majors. And if you and Bryce both blew a tire, mm-hmm. I could have won the entire thing if I won yeah. that last match. Which is really cool because the chances of us blowing a tire are not out of question. We are not professionals by any means. No. So it's, you know. God, you saw it out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I was playing currently right now, playing the best golf I've ever played in my life. Not a brag, it's just the truth. And you needed to shoot sub 90. Mm -hmm. You needed to shoot Mm -hmm. sub 90. I shot an 88. Which I never did in my entire life, so. If you shot an 87 or an 86, which on the back nine you started off. You were winning I was first four holes. You were par for the first four holes, and I was getting anxious. I was like, "All right, well, I only beat him by six on the front. He's already up. You know, he's already up probably four or five on me on the back. So now we're looking at like two stroke difference." And then he just kind of crumbled at the end. I'm a streaky golfer. It's who shows up that day. It's who shows up that hole. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, I could get an eight. I could get a three. Yeah, I, I, str- I have strokes of excellence, just like a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. You play for that one shot, and yeah. hopefully, you can put a couple together. If you can, great. If not. 
you're going home without a paycheck. So, mm-hmm. Justin, congratulations on winning the first ever free parking cup. Uh, two lasting things about our golf shenanigans. One, first, huge shout-out to the guys at Seaview, Seaview Golf down in Galloway, New Jersey. Huge friends of ours, huge supporters of the podcast, and they get us out there all the time. Two fantastic tracks, the Pines Course yeah. and the Bay Course. Both were a part of this mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, exhibition that we had there. Pines Course became a favorite of the boys towards the end. It did. My personal favorite is the Bay. Uh, and, and like you said, thank you very much to Seaview. I mean, that was unbelievable. And Deaver, obviously, thank you as well for getting us out there and linking with Seaview as well. So, uh, But anyway, like you said, I was, I was a fan of the Bay, man. The Bay is my track because I love the view. And visually, for me, golf is all about it. Professional event played there, yeah. Yeah. view of Atlantic City, yeah. beautiful skyline. The polarizing difference between the Bay and the Pines, which I love playing there. If you guys haven't yet, please go check out and do so. Uh, the Bay Course, just like it says, it's on the water. It's link style. Fescue everywhere. Not many trees. Mm-hmm. For me, though, shaky off the tee, it's actually harder to play that course than a tree-covered course. Because if I'm left or right off the fairway, that ball is really tough to find, depending mm-hmm. on how they're playing the course at that it's point. It's going and going and going. And the fescue is up to your knees at some point, which mm-hmm. is great. It, it, you know, play, But the ball, could you could be just off mm-hmm. and be gone. That's true. Where the Pines course plays a little bit, I mean, we, how many times did we say members bounce yeah. on the Pines course? Too many times. We said bounce. members bounce. Too, I think the one time we were on the Pines course, I probably had seven yeah. tree knocks, at least seven tree knocks off the tee that progressed my ball mm-hmm. further. Like, literally dead into the tree line. Yeah. Seven that progressed you further and probably three that went negative. Mm. There was <laughs> actually one, speaking of positive and negative, there was one where I hit, I was, it was a fairway shot, not a fairway shot, I was in the woods yeah. off of my tee. Um, whacked it, thought I had an opening, hit a tree five yards in front of me, hit a tree ten yards behind me, and popped out 20 yards in front of me. I was so, standing right there. I was standing right there, and I literally I go, yo, did you go negative on that? You're like, no, actually went positive. I could never do that again in my entire life. No, so it kind of shows why I ended up in third place. But again, congrats. This lasting thought about our golf shenanigans is pretty cool story. The first time we, really the first night we invented the free parking podcast, our initial goal was to host a very large golf outing with our team and our fans mm-hmm. and we kind of got that for the first time yeah. here this year with with um that one event that we played at frog rock there was 12 of us out there yep music booze a couple stogies from fundy yeah and we had a fantastic time so uh I, as the podcast grows as we grow we're looking to launch one of those and have more of you guys out there i mean we big plans where beer on tea boxes freebies swag giveaways yep. you know whole one prizes etc etc we had a dinner whole- at the end Dinner at the end, oh. awards, the, the whole night. So we're really looking forward to, to growing this thing, and it's all thanks to you guys, and, and hopefully we're all playing golf together here uh, next year. So that's uh, that's our golf stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm in between of either retiring or gunning for it, like gunning for my tour card. That's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm teetering on the fence. So there's no happy medium for you of just like maybe getting a little better and enjoying it when you go out? When I say get my tour card, I mean I mean that. <laughs> but like, it's gonna take some time. Yeah. It's gonna take some effort. That's where I'm at. Like, I'm not at like I'm gonna retire, and I'm not at I'm chasing the corn ferry tour. I'm like I am comfortable where I'm at. I can play with anyone. True. I can play with anyone. Ah, dude, you won, but you gotta fix some things. If there's a pro, right? If yeah. there's a pro, and they're shooting, you know, three under, and I'm shooting an 88, that's like a really bad day for a pro. But they still do that. Yeah, they still do that. The amount of times I did the Bryson DeChambeau gif of him doing, yeah, he had a ten, he had a ten on the card the other day where he like points one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, I'm not perfect by any means. Don't don't get that vibe from me. No, what I'm saying is, I am, 
I am a guy who plays frequently, who knows what to do in certain situations, and because of that, becomes enjoyable because there's never a bad shot. Pot calling the kettle black here, though. Mm-hmm. There are every single round you I can call out the strokes to mm-hmm. get you to break eighty. You can break eighty every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would agree with that. I would agree. Like with that. it's so fixable. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's my irons for sure. It's like not you stuff. Yeah. But anyway, enough of my golf yeah. stuff. Let's talk about pro sports. Let's pro sports it. are back. Yeah. We've kind of slowed down our posting schedule just naturally, right? Things weren't happening as quickly in sports. Now I feel like we got to get back into that once-a-week type vibe because sports are back in full force. We had the MLB start recently. Opening day was fantastic. Fundy had a beautiful Fundy Friday. He was dressed in the pinstripes for us. <laughs> um, the NHL is back. The NBA starts officially. Like The official games are in a couple days, right, mm-hmm. as well as the NHLs. Yep. And we're getting some talks about the NFL. So we're going to do it around the horn here, all four major sports. And I want to start with... The one that's actually playing real games right now, the MLB. Yes. So the MLB coming back, you know, I was never a huge baseball guy to begin with. So when the MLB came back, it was right around the same start of the PLL. Mm. So I, you know, naturally veered over to my lacrosse side. However, I did watch a few games and it was interesting. And I love what they're doing. You know, a lot of the other sports that we'll get into in a minute have a different presentation. Mm-hmm. Baseball is doing the, the some of them are, some of them aren't, but they're doing the cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. And they're selling them. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Like From a sales guy standpoint, like how can we make money through this devastating period of time we're in? All right, well, let's sell people's cardboard cutouts and just put them there. It is interesting to see. It's almost like the government right now where like states are doing everything different and the league, you know, the, the country's doing something different. All the teams are doing something a little different in that regard compared mm-hmm. to the league as a whole. Like I saw a Dodgers game the other night where every single outfield section was covered with a tarp with a sponsor's signage logo on Smart. there, right? Kia, um, hospital, whoever like is their sponsor. Mm-hmm. Some stadiums aren't really doing much. Some of the cutouts they have entire sections, entire you know behind home plate is full, etc. The Phillies like they don't have a ton yet. I don't know if they're late to the game. I know mm-hmm. some stadiums. I, I see one true section, mm-hmm. two true sections. Some have the entire outfield done. So interesting to see like what they're going to do rolling forward. I really think they got to figure out some kind of CGI technology. That stadium is too Yo. big. It's too big to leave it open, right? Interesting. Um, which the NBA has done, the NHL has done. We were watching this, the MLS, the mm-hmm. MLS tournament as well, right? Mm-hmm. They're playing in the Wild World of Sports and Disney World too, and they're able to green screen things on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, put a green tarp up with some blank sponsor logos, and they're able to you know rotate ads on there. Similar to how like the NHL is doing it on the wraparound boards. Similar to how the NHL is able to do it on the back of the glass. You ever watch a Flyers game? Oh, yeah. And behind the goals, there's mm-hmm. an ad there. It's not yeah. there in real life. No. I think the MLB needs to figure that out and take some notes from the other leagues because the stadium just looks dead empty. And I know it's supposed to be, but... Yeah. So, here's one for you. So, Yankees, would you say, one of the best MLB franchises ever? Yes. With the most famous baseball yeah. players ever. What are they doing in their stadium? Just curious, if you know. It'd be a fundy question. Actually, right. the Yankees haven't had a home game yet. Okay. They haven't. They started at the Nationals. They're supposed to come to the Phillies. They're supposed to be actually home against the Phillies tonight. True. Uh, which obviously got a post postponement. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, reason I'm asking you is because, but like the Dodgers, they did the outfield signage, right? Right. So the reason I'm asking is, you know, the Yankees set a precedent because they're old, they're one of the oldest. They're one of the best. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what the Yankees do in their stadium mm-hmm. because I wonder how much that will impact 
what the Phillies might do. Because the Phillies, like you said, maybe a little late to the game. Maybe they're still feeling it out. They don't know what they want to do yet. Mm-hmm. They're seeing what other stadiums are testing out. Maybe mm-hmm. they're you know use, utilizing guinea pigs, basically. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see what the Yankees do because I think that they are a catalyst. And they're also, you know, it's the bright lights. It's the Bronx. Mm-hmm. They have probably the highest paying sponsors in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and the Yes Network is a massive TV. You know, their TV broadcast deal is massive. But the Yes Network, I think they're part owners. Or Interesting. They, they okay. own their own. Yeah. So... I'm interested to see that, too. Yeah. So let's talk about why the Yankees aren't playing the Phillies tonight. Mm-hmm. Bonkers story. <laughs> like, w- wild. As it's developed over the past couple of days, this is more recent, so we're probably going to backtrack later, but Phillies play the Marlins, which we knew they were going to lose a series. Yeah. Justin and I are, are will bet the house that the Marlins are going to beat the Phillies. It doesn't matter how good the mm-hmm. Phillies are, how bad the Marlins are. In the past couple of years, the Marlins have our number. Yeah. So they open up at home. Series is two. They, uh, they lose two games to three. Yep. Um... Sunday, all of a sudden, a couple Marlins aren't playing. I think ring, their starter. Ring, ring, I ring. think their starter got pulled. It was six guys tested positive for COVID. <laughs> the team in their group chat the night before, the team captain texts all the guys, "Hey, should we play tomorrow?" They're like, "Yeah, let's keep it rolling." Those guys are, you know, they're benched. We'll keep. Did you know this? No. They decided their fate to play another game after six guys on their team tested positive by a group chat, not the league. Not health officials, not the city in general, you know, somebody like a higher power, a group chat like the Free Parking Pie group chat decided them to play again. So they play again on Sunday. Well, guess what happens on Sunday? I think it's eight more players test positive for COVID. After the three days were done, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, after the three days were done, 17 or 18 total players and or staff tested positive for COVID-19 after playing the Phillies in a three-game series. I have unlimited questions around. My first glaring, blazing question is, how does the league not know that they're Marlins? No idea. That's who's testing them. That's who's testing them. So they knew they had it, right? So six players knew they had it. The league doesn't know that and doesn't cancel everything? Or they knew it and they're like, it's up to you guys. Because I saw afterwards... What? I saw afterwards Joe Girardi, the Phillies manager, went on his... He has a radio... He's, a radio spot on MLB Network Radio every week, and they asked okay. him, and he's like, "If it was up to our club, we would not have played after four guys tested positive." You take the forfeit, dude. Like you can't risk. It's it's so typical though. Of, like take a look at it as a microcosm of what's happening in Florida now, currently to the country, wide open, don't care. Just like the team, who knows how they got it? Maybe it was an innocent reason. Maybe the guy went in the gas station right. and accidentally got coughed on. Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? They probably weren't out, you know, the strip club getting chicken wings. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. It's irresponsible to play after, I don't know, what, what six out of 30, that's, you know, a, a frac- of 50-year guys have COVID. That's terrible. So the one I'm looking out for, the Phillies have since been tested. The one I'm looking out for is Reese Hoskins on first base. He wore a mask most of the time while on first, but he's interacting the closest with True. the players. The catcher is, you know, down low. He's, I guess, getting chatter too. Reese Hoskins, though, he's like shoulder to shoulder to players the entire game. Right. Interesting to see how his roles come back. As of the recording of this podcast, no Phillies have returned positive. However, out of precautions, the Phillies canceled their entire four-game set with the Yankees. I think they had two at home. Two There was a home-and-home, two-two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Phillies will resume play not until Saturday, so a week later, wow. where they, they'll push back another game and do a doubleheader on one day. Wow. That is insane. Just a bonkers story, and the Marlins have since froze their season. It's reckless. So it was a very, like... PTSD moment for me of how the night sports got canceled with the Rudy Gobert mm. and um, Donovan Mitchell, yep, their yep, results. Yep. It was very 
PTSD kind of clenched myself yeah. a little bit, started to get the sweats that mm-hmm. was going to happen again to the MLB. What were, what my key finding is throughout this entire saga with the Marlins is that the NBA and the NHL have the model. The bubble, the true bubble model seems to be the model. Yeah. Um, having your players flown in early, tested crazy, locked into a hotel. Sorry, guys. Locked into a hotel mm-hmm. and playing in one city. These guys are traveling. They're able to go out to eat. They're able to do, you know, it's pretty much free range mm-hmm. other than the testing and coming to the ballpark every day. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shows that the superior model is the bubble model for safety. And it's a business at the end of the day, Deeves. So these players, whether they like the bubble or not, I mean, these organizations have to make money. And so do the players. Right, and so do the players. So you think that the players would be like any opportunity they would have to play. Mm-hmm. The NBA is doing it. The NHL is doing it. Dude, the NHL guys looked I mean, NHL guys are cool to begin with, but they looked they're amazing. They're having the best time. They had the, the best, best time in their life. So are the Sixers. Like, they're, they're yeah. fishing down in Florida. The, the hockey guys are playing like, pool in the in the hotel, right? It stinks. It stinks for all of us, man. Yeah. We're all somewhat locked in. Yeah. But, like, you're going out there to get paid millions of dollars. The players, when they were negotiating with the league, the player association, their biggest thing was, we don't want to be in a bubble. We don't want to get our family sick. We want to make money. Mm-hmm. The answer to all three of those things is you got to be in a bubble. Sorry, they don't want to get their family sick, and they want to make money. Well, guess what? You can't see them for two months. Right. I don't know. I think where they got short changes that they have a 60-game season to play out, where the other two leagues are like right. kind of in this, let's just finish 30 like games. automatic playoffs kind Correct. of. Correct. So they had an entire season to play, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I saw a lot of beef on Twitter about, you know, they could have done a bubble the entire time, and it is kind of true. They could have had a regional bubble. You got two stadiums in New York, City Field, Yankee Stadium. You got mm-hmm. two stadiums in Chicago, Cubs, Wrigley, mm-hmm. uh, Wrigley and uh, the White Sox Stadium. Mm-hmm. And you have two stadiums in L.A., Anaheim, and the Dodgers. And what are you getting at with that? They could have had a bubble system oh, okay. where the East teams played in the East, just like they are currently. The mm-hmm. Central teams could have played in the Central in Chicago, mm-hmm. and the West teams could have played in L.A. in the West. Mm-hmm. Those teams could have, you know, three major cities, plenty of hotel space, plenty right. of accommodations. Oh, God. And they, and they could have rocked it, but... One of the you know deciding factors was no bubble. So we'll hold our breath. Um, lasting thought of the COVID situation in the MLB is Manfred came out. The commissioner Rob Manfred came out today saying that uh, our protocols are working and we're proceeding ahead. H- how in your right mind do you say that our protocols are working when they're yeah. clearly not? The PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan, I commend him because after the first event that golf came back, mm-hmm. there were some test positive, right? We talked yeah. about it on one of the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Kepka's brother, his caddy, a couple other caddies. There was probably like six after the first event. Mm-hmm. And he came right out and said, listen, we're tightening the ship. we got to make this thing cleaner. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring the bubble in tighter, as in like the player bubble, who can interact where. They can't do as many things. Testing is going to be a little bit better. Right. Acknowledge your mistakes and, and grow from them. And the MLB is... is they're just, they've been behind the eight ball for years, and they still are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bounce off your bubble talk here and, and move to the next sport. And this wasn't on the agenda, but I know that you and I have been talking about it quite a bit. And I love to talk about it myself. It's the Premier Lacrosse League, right? So Premier Lacrosse League is out there in Utah. Mm-hmm. You don't get Looks more gorgeous. remote than that. Looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. Right. Mountains, desert. It's a sick combo. You know what it looks like, honestly? The background of the stadium. Sorry. I no, 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 no. It looks like a jazz retro jersey with the mountains. Yes. It like, literally yes. looks like that. Yes. They're playing lacrosse under it. Yeah, so it's really cool. So anyway, what I'm getting at is the Premier Lacrosse League is in its sophomore season right now. They had an expansion team, and that was fantastic. And now they are doing a championship series where it's like four or five games in a day every other day for the next two weeks to to determine the champion Mm -hmm. of the Premier Lacrosse League. And they made 
every single correct decision because they are the best new pro- professional league that we have ever seen in our lifetime. They are the be- they are better than the XFL. They're better than the AAF. They're better than the USFL because they crush it. Because, like you and I was talking about, they have an amazing group of people and intelligent people at the head. The head sports of business minds that they have running that ship are, are bonkers. And mm-hmm. we'll tie into the next sport. Mm-hmm. It's all run by NBC Sports. I'm pretty sure NBC Sports yes. has a part ownership stake in yes. it, as well as Paul Rabel, who's another brilliant lacrosse yeah. mind and general business yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. So they have this perfect concoction of smart business guys, smart, smart sports guys, smart game presentation guys, mm-hmm. and they crush it. Whether they have fans or not, no offense to them, they have a small fan base, right? Yeah, like we, we went to the championship game and one side of the stadium was filled up, right? Mm-hmm. They're used to it. This yeah. is their game, no fans. Yeah. It's their game. They yeah. were built for TV. This sport wasn't bringing in revenue of club boxes and suites and right. beer sold and hot dogs. They were ready sold. for this. They were ready for it. Yeah. They're streamlined. They don't have overhead. They don't have stadiums. The team, mm-hmm. the league travels. So they can travel wherever they want. They can travel to Utah and stay there for a couple months. It's right. perfect. Exactly. And the broadcast team, you know, the presentation staff that they have behind them with NBC Sports, they have a ton of assets to keep the money flowing in. And they keep gaining sponsors. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Sony yeah. now on board. Another Sony. huge company. Mm-hmm. And if you watch one of those games, there's just so many little cool, intricate things that other new leagues brought on. Like the XFL brought in the Skycam. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, XFL, when that league first started in the early 2000s, the Skycam was actually interesting a part of them. Or, or the, the the camera on field, right, behind the huddle. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was them. They wanted to mm-hmm. elevate the experience. PLL has a ton of that. Yeah. Players mic'd up all the time. Mm-hmm. Lit. Right. You're there. Yeah. Like, so what I'm getting at is not only have they basically, and on the surface, never done anything wrong mm-hmm. or made an incorrect decision, but they have a brilliant captain of the ship, per se, that is running that show and made the correct decision. To me, if it was me, I would have said Vegas, Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, find get a spot, out get out, and just go be a bubble somewhere. Yeah. And I, dude, and I commend the PLL for that. And that—that's what I'm saying. They're—they're they're so smart, and they did exactly what they needed to do to get it done. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So the tie here, we're gonna roll it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBC Sports, the broadcast of the National Hockey League. Yes, they're doing it the right way as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same—it's the same, you know, pre- presentation crew. Mm-hmm. The NHL has moved into their bubbles in Edmonton for the Western Conference and Toronto for the Eastern Conference. Flyers landed a couple days ago. They got all set up in their hotel. Uh, played their first exhibition game against the Penguins the other day with an overtime victory. The Blues were buzzing. Uh, didn't love the overtime, the late overtime scare, but mm-hmm. Scott Long put in a beautiful goal to win. Yeah, We'll talk about the Flyers in a sec. The NHL in general, though, fantastic job, as always. Their stadium, unlike MLB, covered the seats. Mm-hmm. ton of CGI sponsor graphics. ton of in-game, you know, kind of speeds things along. Yeah. The stadium rendering beforehand looked brilliant, and it even does more in, in person. It yeah. almost looks like you're watching uh, one of NBC's stadium series games or an outdoor game. I know, I know. You took the words right out of my mouth. I know. Dude, it's crispy. It's so crispy. It's crispy, clean. It's Beautiful. modern. Yes. The NHL has that sleek, professional yes. look all the time. Yes. No, it's classic. A couple things that they did inside the stadium, too. Obviously, they covered like on top of the first bowl lower seats. Mm-hmm. Then any shot you see up, they also have tarps around the entire second level. Like it's almost like it's a floating ice rink. It by itself. It's amazing. Bright lights are right on it. Mm-hmm. It's they're fantastic. So you spend the money. You have two hub cities, right? Yeah. So that's the only two stadiums you got to worry it. about. You spend the money on ice. You spend the money on a couple banners to cover the stadium. Huge banners. Couple hundred bucks, definitely less than a thousand for a couple banners. No. All right, all right. Maybe but say you drop. Say you drop 
$30,000 on banners. $50,000. $100,000 okay. on banners. That's taking you to when? When's you're, the end of the NHL? You got a whole month. Yeah, a whole month. And it's really cool how they're incorporating other, like, all these teams are playing there, right? You got, I don't know, a dozen in the one area, a dozen in the other area. Mm-hmm. They're able to rotate in logos and graphics throughout the entire thing. It's it amazing. looks like every time you're in somebody's home stadium or, or, you know, somebody's element. It's it's really cool. Right. So that's what I want to ask you here. So two things. Um, one, and let me get both of that. One is, are the home teams getting their goal songs when they score? Are, or are both teams getting their, their goal songs when they score? And two, do the sponsorships change for who? Are both teams sponsors on there or only the home team sponsors? So answer first question, yes. The home team's goal song is being played after they scored. They wear their home jersey. Okay. Um, they get last line change, which cool. is a normal home thing in the, in the NHL. Okay. Second question? Second question was... Oh, sorry. Sponsors. Yeah, sponsors. Yeah. I believe they're all league sponsors. I believe, at least on the national NBC broadcast, which I was watching, don't hold me to it, yeah. but I believe they're all the league sponsors. So on a sub, NBCS Philly, right? Not the national broadcast, yeah. but NBCS Philly... Will the Flyers people and all the people in the greater Philadelphia area be seeing our typical Toyota and Amoroso, la, la, la? Where I'm going to leave this up to debate, and we can watch and report back on the next podcast, mm-hmm. is the last rendering I saw of the stadium, like, it was basically done. Mm-hmm. Or, or picture, sorry. It was, like, the day before the first game. There weren't any printed ads on the boards. Hmm. So, like, it's not like every game is going to have the same ones. Mm-hmm. They CGI them in. Almost like they have the ability to swap out local, regional, right. depending on if you're you know, watching the game from Seattle or you're right. watching the game from Florida or you're watching the game from Philly. Right. So now this this seems like it would be an easy question, but I don't know it. Is there, you know, there's multiple cameras filming a game, right? Mm-hmm. Is one national and one's local? No, same feed. At least it all feed. NBC. At least on NBC, I'm pretty sure they, they piggyback off the same feed and whether like you're watching it, I think Nashville's on a Fox Sports thing, I think you run through the same this is, this We're going to have to look at that. This is the difference, yeah. Josh, is the NHL has, you know, everybody has their own local broadcaster. And we're lucky in the Flyers that NBC Sports is the local as well. Mm-hmm. In Nashville, it's Fox Sports. In mm-hmm. Tampa, it's Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy to transition to the national level. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think, that this tournament is, is basically all going to be on national TV. Hmm. The regional games will play, but I believe all of them will be on national TV. So there is a dual element of, you know, running two cable feeds. One of them you'll hear Jim Jackson. Yeah. The other one you might hear um, Doc Emmerich. And because of that, you would think they'd be able to switch the, the sponsorships. Correct. I'm with you. Okay, gotcha, out. gotcha. NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Do we just keep talking hockey? I can talk hockey. Forever. I know. You can talk hockey forever. Let's recap the Flyers game. I watched it after the softball game. I listened on the radio. I actually played their warm-up mix on my way to work that day. Okay. Uh, I played their goal song on my way to work yeah, that yeah, day. Yeah. I was smiling like it was Christmas Eve, yeah. like Christmas morning. Yeah. I Honestly, I haven't been as, like that, like just genuinely wholesomely excited for something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty upbeat guy. Yeah, yeah. But like, I love the Flyers. Yeah. I love the Flyers I so know much. you do, yeah. I listened on the radio because I was driving during the game. It was like 4 o'clock start. Watched the third period here from Justin's place, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. So, quick thoughts on the Flyers. I tweeted this out this week. I think they have a really good chance to be good in this tournament. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of young talent, but they also have experienced veterans. Mm-hmm. I think that combination could be deadly. Are they the favorite? No. But they have a lot of guys like TK, Carter Hart, 
Provorov, the defense, right? Phil Myers, young guys that have legs under him. They can skate in this amount of time. You're going to be seeing a lot of games in a short amount of time. And they they played a ton of NHL minutes, meaningful NHL minutes, mm-hmm. where older guys that may be experienced can't run that. Right. You know, Zdeno Chara, on his way out. Yeah. I don't know if he can run those minutes anymore. Th- yeah. Things like that where I think they might have an edge on their competition. Absolutely. Being paired with, obviously, this veteran crew that's been assembled for a while, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Jake Voracek, who have played real meaningful playoff minutes. Yeah. Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. Let's not forget that. Correct. That's correct. crucial. So that mesh of the two could be deadly, and that's what I'm excited to watch. Yeah. So what I noticed last night after the softball game, like I mentioned earlier, I came home and I, I recorded it, so I was watching for a little while. And what I noticed was this Flyers team hasn't skipped a beat no. from last season. And what I mean by that, for those of you listening here, is at the end of last season, the only beat – okay, they skipped one beat, ready? And here's that beat. From watching them – religiously, you know, before COVID hit, they were dominating, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in the games where they would go down, they were resilient and bounced back. Mm-hmm. And last night was one of those nights where they missed the beat of domination but kept the beat of resiliency. Mm-hmm. And that was huge to me because I was expecting to see, oh, God, okay, these guys, you know, they're young. They're going to be, you know, maybe too fast, too eager, whatever. Mm-hmm. Dude, they were poised. They were, they were yeah. looking good. And they were resilient, man. Yeah. And that's our Flyers right now. Yep. That's our Flyers right now. One cool thing that the NHL did, too, I feel like in these expi- 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 expedition? Ex- exhibition, exhibition yeah. the forward expedition games, yes. exhibition games, is that they paired teams up that are going to jump right into the mix. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do you know Flyers versus a team they don't play. Which, is, fl- sick. They, Which is sick. Right. They, yeah. they didn't play the Flyers against nobody. They played the Flyers up against the Penguins. The opening night, the first the first set of games, it was, and these are, these are scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Flyers, Penguins, Canadians, Maple Leafs. Edmonton, Calgary. Those are all three games. Fierce rivals. Capitals, Canes. Yes, yeah. Capitals, Canes. They just had just had a, a playoff meeting. Uh, that's right, a that's a right. newer rivalry. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right, but uh, they they know each other. They're familiar with oh, each other. God, they yeah. bump a ton of elbows. Yeah. So to have teams jump right into the mix after being off for a while, I think is great for the both the players and for the fans in the league as a whole. Lasting stat on hockey: Kevin Hayes. Scored last night. The Flyers moved to 20-0-1 on the season when Kevin Hayes scores a goal. Let's go! Uh, I don't know if this game counts because it was a scrimmage again, but 19-0-1 oh, before COVID. Yeah. And you're going to ask DJ Nader's bank account or his DraftKings account because <laughs> he bets Kevin Hayes and the Flyers a win paired together, parlayed That's all the cool. time. Fantastic. That's cool. So if Kevin Hayes scores, you can kind of sit back a little easier in your right, couch right. knowing that uh, they Love can do that. the thing. Love that. Well, dude, this was an awesome round robin. It was great to finally be able to talk about relevant sports topics in all major sports. So appreciate that very much. That was fantastic. Honestly, I think I'm gonna ditch the NBA. I wanna do I wanna do a quick NFL one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick yeah. NFL. I, I really don't have much in the NBA other mm-hmm. than, you know, Lou Williams. You you saw the story by now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I actually probably should try out those chicken wings at some point. It's only an hour away. And Johnny Manziel attested they're the best he's ever had. I don't know if you can trust either of their comments as that. Dude, no, if you trust anybody at a strip club, it's probably Johnny Manziel. He's probably been to all of them. If he knows strip club chicken wings, Johnny Manziel knows. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not there. You're not catching me I'm not me there. kidding. You're not catching me within a mile I'm not kidding. Place. We'll do takeout. It's fine. Takeout from a strip club? An hour away. <laughs> he said it's the best they've ever had. Dude. I'm, I'm not out. kidding. I'd rather go to a Hooters. Take me to a Two Hooters. Two multi-million dollar athletes Dude. at one point. 
So you tell me this guy, Lou Williams, Lou went there. Lou Williams is a 15-year veteran of the NBA. He has played in cities from Orlando to Phoenix to New York to wherever. Mm-hmm. He loves his on-the-road chicken wings. When he visits the Magic in a regular season, I bet he goes to that strip club and gets chicken wings every single time. He left like the bubble. Mix. He risked his life <laughs> to get these chicken wings. I don't he think that's what he risked salary. for. That's not what he risked it for. It's the chicken wings. It was not the chicken wings. Was it the chicken wings? I think so. I'm going to go with that. And that's my NBA talk. Yeah. Last thing thought, moving on to the NFL. <laughs> Quickly, the NFL has to take a look at what the MLB did wrong and possibly consider a bubble now. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things first coming out after the MLB reports of this, you know, these COVID outbreaks. The NFL was previously thinking about traveling. Some teams were saying they're not going to have fans. Some teams saying they are going to have fans. The NFL was thinking about traveling from stadium to stadium and having fans, sorry, teams figure out how many folks they were going to have in the stadiums. I think they might have to take a serious look at doing the bubble model where teams are at least playing regionally. They're playing their division. The AFC East is playing the NFC East. You know, they're playing each other. I saw a pretty good out, uh, breakdown on Twitter of you know a scenario where each regionalized division plays each other, and then you know it's a bracket from there. I really I don't know if there's a right answer, but the NFL is way too big, and that thing's going to spread way too quick. And you can't replace those guys like baseball. Like if your shortstop comes down with COVID, throw the second baseman out there. It's not the end of the world. If your left tackle and your backup left tackle and your right guard go down with COVID, you don't have an offensive line. Yeah. Your quarterback is now risking injury and COVID. And COVID. <laughs> so, so, all right, yeah, let me give you a quick hypothetical, right? The LA Rams stadium slated for 2021 opening, correct? Mm-hmm. Right? So, during COVID, I understand that there's a lockdown, right? During COVID should be the time where the league says, okay, bubble models are working. Why don't I... Lock it in, send every single construction resource I have to the brand new LA Rams and LA Chargers stadium and get that thing done for 2020 season because what better place to play than a brand new stadium that's virtually a dome in LA. Sure. Places, dude, it's just. I don't know if they could send all the guys there once, though. Like, picture like the NHL, they had to pick two, right? Practice ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLB, they'd have to go to a spring training area, either Phoenix or Florida, probably mm-hmm. tons mm-hmm. of fields to play at. Yeah. I don't know if you could send 30 NFL teams, 30 uh, NFL 53 teams, guys, 53 guys. Like, so. LA's a big city, but, like, they don't got green space. No. They don't got football fields. No. So. And LA, it's close to the airport, right? So it's right in there. They're in the hot. They're in, yeah. uh, California has a ton of regulations that everyone else has, doesn't have anyway. So, right. Last thing thought on the NFL, a lot of guys are dropping out. Big one dropped out today, being Damian Williams, Super Bowl champ, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Pats, six guys dropped out already. Patrick Chung, former. Let's talk about that next week. Eagle. Let's talk about that next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll know a little bit more about yeah. the Patriots next week. But mm-hmm. a ton of guys dropping out. Some college guys opting out of playing their college season. The first round projected draft pick, he's now opted out, preparing for the draft. So we're going to see a lot of guys dropping out, and that's going to make the Trevor Lawrence race that much busier. Mm, yeah, I think we I think we close it out with that. We close it out with that. We yeah. give a little cliffhanger. Yeah, a little a little cliffhanger cliff. folks. Next week's going to be good because we're going to find out a lot more about the NFL in the next week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for that. That was a hot and heavy podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bush and I are about to go win a softball game. Damn right. The hungovers are rolling this week. One to know so far. We're about to go win the day. Two and zero in the week. Absolutely. Say. Let's go do it. Hello. Hi. 
do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. The game is starting, everyone is here. I got my snacks, my friends, and a beer. Just two normal guys hanging out, having fun. Right, guy number two? Yeah, guy number one. E to the S to the P to the N is all I watch cause I'm the man. If my team loses, I'll be mean all night. If you tell me to relax, we'll get in a fight. Watching sports with girls is a pain. They don't know the rules. There's no time to explain. Single, double, triple, home run. For the celebration, I'll shoot my gun.